This podcast represents the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graff, and the guests. It should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Steph, how are you sleeping? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> My God, I haven't been sleeping much. I for so many reasons, man. I, I'm I'm running on fumes. After we record this video, hopefully I'm gonna spend the entire day sleeping. I have to catch up, man. I have to catch up. I'm not gonna be able to stand up if I can like this. Yeah, sleep is sleep is at a premium right now. Those again, games. Again. For for those that 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 are listening to us nationally, apologies, but this is probably gonna be another South Florida centric show. Um, the well, not completely. But um, we are based in South Florida, and right now, uh, South Florida is having its greatest playoff run in the history of South Florida. The Panthers, the Heat, they're, they're absolutely nuts. And the entire city, this is wild. the entire tri-state county, Palm Beach, Broward, <laughs> and so, Dade, is, is just snorting. It's snorting playoff sports. It's crazy more than they've been snorting anything since like the cowboy cocaine cowboy days of the eighties. And yeah. there's and absolutely no sleep. Yeah. And that is saying a lot of uh, Scarface would be very proud of what we're doing right now in bathrooms. And it's Listen, just, there's I'm, absolutely no sleep. I'm walking into work literally this week. Everybody's like sluggish, dragging their feet. It's like, it's, it's what's going on. I'm like, we all watch the game, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I, oh did God. you stay up for the four overtime game? Unfortunately, I did. I, I did not. I did. And I was not going to stay up last night for the overtime. Um, except they, they that you out. Matthew Kachuk praise Again. him in everything. As I was about to shut off the TV, the man scored a goal. And saved my life, but then of course I yeah. have to stay over for the for the post game, so I didn't really get yeah, I didn't really get very much sleep, and then yeah. we have to wake you know, up. Yeah, while, while while we're doing that quick um sports show segment that we like to not to do because of mental health thing, I'll just add something. I have to add because as a Heat fan, I have to, you know, I have to ride on what's his name, Grant Williams. I want to just say first of all, thank you to Grant Williams for firing up Jimmy. Butler, as if he need more fire, fire, fire. Seriously, up. right? You know? I, I, this guy, out of all the idea, be you want to fire up that guy, that guy that come, that go on the stage and talk and talk and walk his talk. You want to do that during the game, man? It, it, seriously, it's like they, they're calling it poking the bear, but it's like it's like poking like three bears. It's wow. It's, it's you could you, you could see when the, when the game changed. Like it was so tangible. Jimmy actually did some mouth. Yeah. This mindset, and, and that, that's when every Heat fan was like, "Well, we won this game, right? <laughs> we're, yeah. we're losing by then." We were like, "He better I don't stop know, down too." Five, six points. Jeez. He better stop because uh, he's going to go the, the the Dylan Brooks route, and he's going to end up being cut. Right, right, right. He right. better Actually, stop. He's a good player. He's, he's a good player. He's a good player. And and Jimmy giving props too. You know, classic Jimmy. Even props, but tongue in cheek, he said, "You know, that guy was not the answer." 
Yeah, he was walking off the court. He's like, that's not the answer. That's Supposedly, supposedly in game, supposedly in game, he, he walked by the Celtic bench and he told Joseph Pasula, "This is not the guy you want to guard me." <laughs> he told him. <laughs> yeah, he game. told him that. <laughs> he told him, "Yeah, this is not the guy you want guarding me, man." <laughs> that's right. Well, look, we're going to get back to all the silly stuff that we're going to do at the beginning, and then we're going to go into mental fatigue. But we're going to take a little detour here into Lake Siriusville because Steph wants to talk about John Morant again. Okay. So okay. It's go not, ahead. I'm going to go going, back on you. Right. It's not going to be a rant, guys. Go for it. It's not going to be a rant. I'm done with the ranting. It's not going to be a rant. It's not going to be an apology either. But I, do, I just want to acknowledge some, you know, shout out to a good friend of mine. She brought up to my attention that she had been talking to her friends and somebody told her that, well, it's not fair because it seems like in America, well, that person is white, by the way. White America, they get to brandish their the firearms. They get to be very proud about showing showcasing the firearm. And even some lawmakers and public servants like, are, are mailing their, you know, you know um, Christmas cards with them doing guns. And, you know, and it's a fair point. Why are we, the question is, why are we being acting different towards Chamoen as a black dude? And the further argument is that some people told me that um, actually there's a picture online circulating that shows a former NBA player, Chris Kamen. He was a center. He played for, as long as I remember, he played for Clippers at one point. And there's like three photos that people have been showing, showing around from him in 2012. 2012, sorry, 2013, 2016. As he was a member of the NBA, he's got photos of him holding long guns, like Arsenal. You know, like you can tell a guy, he loves his, his rifle. And he was playing in the NBA, has his posting this image on his social media. And the point that, that Stephen Jackson and, and Stephen Smith have been making online and on the media is that that guy was never suspended even one second. And nobody ever had uh, not poor about it. Because the, the argument is that it's because he's white and John Moore is black. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I'm not saying that's fair. We're, saying it, we're talking about two different parallel issues. There's a unfairness treating Jamarant differently than they treated, you know, that guy particularly. But at the same time, what Jamarant did is not questionable. Jamarant signed a contract with a private entity, a private company. In the contract, it tell you that you have to uphold the brand of the NBA to the whole, you know, almost um, respect or or standard, and you cannot hurt the brand. So you cannot say, oh, what he did was not wrong because so and so else did it. That's that. That's children, kindergarten behaviors or arguments. This is not bad because he did also, you know? So I'm like, guys, I agree. It's not fair that Chris came in at zero problem when he did it and now John Murray everybody's on his back. It's not fair. I agree. At the same time, John Murray should not be putting himself in a situation. After the first incident, he admitted he made a mistake. He went on TV himself. He said he made a mistake. He said he wasn't going to therapy. He said he's going to correct his act. That's his own words. Then he followed up by doing the same thing again. So once he goes on media on a, on a live or edited interview and said he made a mistake, well, I think him at his words. He made a mistake and he did it again, right? So do not mix that we're being sensitive or we're being blindsided because he's black or the other guy was black, was white. I don't care what happened to his came and he should have been also treated the way Jamarit has been treated. He should have. That's in the past. But Jamarit is being treated for what he's doing right now and he has to deal with it. So. The two things can be equally um, valid. You don't have to be, you know, in America, it's always like 
it's this or never, it's, it's this or that. It does, it, there's no both things can be true at the same time. Both arguments are true at the same time. That's it. Is your, is your point also that he was trying to use mental health as sort of a shield for himself? I, I'm not going to go back into mental health with Jamal. I, I, I'd admit that the first time we got caught up with it because we are mental health podcast, we kind of like, you know, we, we, we drink the soda or Kool-Aid. <laughs> Point in thing talking about racial history, right? We drink the Kool-Aid. So because we are a mental health show and we, we give him benefit of the doubt because he said he went to a, a therapy program in Florida that lasted maybe a week and that's supposed to was ongoing. And then now it happened again because that time he said he was just dealing with stuff, right? Anxiety stuff. And remember, everything we said prior to the gun issue was allegation that he had been in people's face. He had been fighting with, with, with teenagers. He had been um, showing guns to people and threatening people. There was a laser beam you know, incident. So there was a pattern that he described was a pattern of him not being able to cope with anxiety. I don't, I don't have any patient in my office that are, having, that are acknowledging the behavior being, uh, uh, the anxiety being a reason for their, I want to say criminal because they didn't do anything criminal, but for their disturbances, behavioral disturbances, I would say, for the mishappenings in law, with the law and, the, and the being fired, for example. Anxiety can cause several different issues. Very rarely in my office, I have somebody who's up dark, I'm being fired, I'm, being, I'm, I'm fighting every time, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm anxious. Um, usually, you can, I can give you an issue with your relationship, you can be an issue with your, you know, with the way you, you, you cope with, with life and sleep and the way you perform at work and everything. But I don't think anxiety should be an excuse for you to act in a, in a behavior that, 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 the behavior that Jamaican has been acting. Now, if you have a different disorder, if we're going to talk about, you know, if he if was, if he was a, a teenager who could about, you know, ODD, which is a, you know, that's that we give children that, that have unbecoming behaviors, they get in trouble. And if he gets to, goes to 18, then he becomes a social behavior. We're not talking about that. He said anxiety, right? So this time around, I'm not going to mention that his mental health is at, is at stake. I, I think at, at this point, we would fail to say, I don't think it's a mental health issue. I think it's just some, his behavior issue. You said you weren't going to rant. That's more than a rant. I, I think I kept my calm. <laughs> I think so. I think so. If you were driving down the street and you saw Nikolai Jokic standing on the street, would you I think that he was an up. NBA player? That guy's a boogeyman. I, I, I don't think it would be, I don't know, a, a wrestler or somebody because that guy is huge. He's like, he's, he's, he's not inviting. His persona, does, his shape, he's not inviting. Is he the he best NBA player in the he history of the NBA skillful. that doesn't look like an NBA player at all? He, does not, he doesn't like and run. He looks like he can just walk and, 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 you know, and slide. He doesn't look like he can take me on a, I don't know, 10-meter dash. <laughs> and and yet he's the best player in the NBA right now. He I, plays I little minutes. I, I don't know. Apologies to Jimmy Butler, who we love, oh. but yeah, I mean, how can you not like, think no, that hey. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now? No, I, I can't think that. Actually, I'm gonna be a fan. I'm gonna be a fan boy. Jimmy Butler has been the best player in the playoff because we bought in, in the playoff. But have team. you seen what Nikola Jokic is doing? Because I know it's late. He's got, he's got people with him. He's got Jamal, whatever his name is, Murray with him. Jimmy has Jimmy, he's, and he has a bunch of undrafted players. 
he's averaging a triple-double. I realize we're not watching these games out West, and he's beating LeBron like... He's not just beating LeBron. He's going to sweep LeBron. Yeah. He's going to sweep he, he's going to sweep LeBron right out of the playoffs. And he's doing it I, averaging a triple double yeah. by shooting he's, threes as a 7-footer who looks like a sofa <laughs> at, with bloody arms. It's 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 an absolutely ridiculous thing that he's doing and I don't know that the Heat have anybody that can stop him, like he's, assuming he's they get past like, the Celtics. I don't know. He's passing like Magic Johnson. He's shooting like, I don't know, speaking of Larry Curry, Bird. You know, like, I don't know. The guy is he's, he's, he's good. He's smart. He's smart as hell. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, it's, I, I don't think I've ever seen a player like that before. Um, no, and, and the, the can... argument about the, the best center in the league, put it to rest. Right now, the best center in the league is, is Nikola Djokic. But is he even a center? Like, he's a center slash point oh, guard he's a, slash no, that guy's a center. forward. Like, I don't he's, even know what position he plays. If you, if you want, what is it? Like, he's 10 feet tall? <laughs> he's, I, if you're that tall, looking like a fridge or a sofa, you have to be a center. The guys that look like that just park themselves in the lane and block shots. Like... Yeah, Perkins used to do that. He looked like that on the Celtics back when the Heat had the big three, and the guy right. literally didn't move out of the out of the lane. And this guy shoots threes. He throws behind the back passes and no look passes, and he averages a triple double. And I don't know that the Heat have anybody on their team that can cover him. Bam is more athletic than him, but but I know that that matchup. You know, we, I'm gonna guys. We're gonna go to mental health. I promise. But <laughs> the playoff is so good. We, we're gonna get you, into. You can always fast forward, not. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can fast forward to the to the. You know, we have the 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 timing stated in the, on the you know on the synopsis. But I was gonna say, Bam might not be able to deal with them. But this match is gonna be a match up for Spo. I think Spo's gonna have to guard everybody else, so he cannot pass to anybody, and have him score forty points and still lose. That's the way they're gonna have to do it. I think they can contain um, Jamal Murray. That guy is good, by the way. I think they can contain him because if they could contain, what's his name? The, the New York um, shorty. Um, I forgot the name. So easily, Brunson. Brunson. They're so for, they're so forgettable. Yeah. So Brunson. Oh, nice. If, <laughs> if they can deal with Brunson, I think they could probably deal with with Jamal Murray. The issue would be let Jokic cook by himself and don't get anybody else started. So that's that thing. That's gonna be more for us, us Let's not get ahead of ourselves. They've only won two against Boston. They need four. So yeah, it's in the let's back. relax. Oh um, my God. Speaking All of right. speaking of playoff and and overtime and triple overtime and quadruple overtime. Okay. What, so let's get into do you see any mental fatigue? Right. What about this mental fatigue thing? I, I wouldn't be able to play one more minute after a full, you know, three quarter of hockey. You know. Right. So the reason we're doing this is because of the four overtime game. And we didn't even expect, we chose mental fatigue after the four overtime game on Wednesday, the Panthers and the Hurricanes. And then the Panthers and the Hurricanes decided, you know what, that wasn't enough. Let's do another overtime last night. Fortunately, that one didn't go into four overtimes, but the way they play, the way they play defense and the way Bobrovsky, uh, Bobrovsky excuse me, is playing goal, it very well could have. And the Hurricanes goalies also are crazy good right now. And the way goals are being called back in that series, that could have very easily gone into into multiple overtimes too. It's just that the Panthers got a power play and the power play 
just worked and it usually doesn't their power play doesn't look very good but it just happened to look very good and Kachuk got open in front of the net and popped it in over the glove side so we decided to do mental fatigue and what does it do to what does it do to players as games go along and as they get tired and it's as you would expect i suppose it does make a difference I'm sure. Even even an episode on on, on choking. I, I think there's got to be an argument that there might be some. They might the two might intertwine. I, I would I would even add that maybe the yips, the the threshold for yips get lower as mental mental fatigue you know kicks in, right? Well, it it goes even beyond sports. This is this is the interesting right, thing about mental fatigue. Right. It goes beyond sports right, because right, right, right. We're gonna be a little bit self indulgent here, not just because we're a South Florida show, but because we're doctors too. We're medical doctors, so I don't know if you've found our podcast because you think that this is a sports psychology podcast, but we're a little bit unique. This is a sports psychiatry podcast, so we are actually medical doctors. We get a lot of, well, we don't know the difference between psychologists and psychiatrists. We're not going to really go into that too much other than to say that we are medical doctors, MDs. We went to medical school. So after medical school, medical doctors do residencies. We happen to do psychiatry residencies. Other doctors do all kinds of different residencies, surgeries, internal medicine, all kinds dermatology, of things. dermatology, oh, yeah. that kind of plastic surgery, different things. But going into this mental fatigue thing, in 2003, the work hours were changed for residents, for Residency. medical residents. Yeah, I, I see yeah, where you're going right? with this. <laughs> Why was it done? Is because ACGME realized that medical errors were up. And the mental fatigue of physicians after really, really, really long shifts and work hours per week, some, some surgical residents, for instance, were doing 120, 130 hours a week. Now, imagine whatever job that is that you do, whether it's podcasting, whether it's you know, working behind a desk, uh, whatever job it is that you do, and you did 120 to 130 hours of that job, and you would do not only that, but you would do 48 to 72 hour shifts. In other words, you wouldn't go home for 72 straight hours. Right. People, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer real quick in the parenthesis. People are so aware of that now that patient would ask the surgeon to please schedule me in the first slot in the morning. I don't want you at the last slot. That's right. I don't want you at the end of the shift. I want you at 7 a.m. when you just walk in and scroll up. I don't right. want you at 7 p.m. That's right. And there's there's actually a, a documented effect of this. And this is, this is not necessarily mental fatigue, but it could potentially go into this. There is something called a July effect where residents change over in July. So the resident year shifts from the end of June is when old residents graduate, new residents come in in July. July is actually the month and the quarter from July, August, September is the month and the quarter where the highest number of medical errors happen in hospitals, especially teaching hospitals. So if you have something you want scheduled or something you want done, July is not the month to go into that teaching hospital. That's something called the July effect. So what did ACGME do? They required a decrease in these work hours. So they decreased work hours and they capped them at 80 hours per week, which is still pretty high. And they required no more than a 24 hour shift with at least one day off in seven and a 10 hour break between on-call shifts. Right, you mentioned ACGME. For those who don't know, ACGME is uh, just an acronym that, you know, it's the body, you know, that regulate teaching hospitals or, or education in medical, right, in, in hospitals. So it's basically the accreditation council 
for graduate graduate education. So the other one that I'm saying, this is okay, this is not okay. This should not happen. This should happen. Right. I think it stands for the Accreditation Council for graduate, graduate Medical so Education. Or graduate Medical Education. So why are we bringing this up? But because mental fatigue is 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 not only a sports thing. It's it's a everyday thing. So it's an everyday thing in work. It's an everyday thing in sports. And what the studies show in sports, for instance, is mental fatigue impacts executive functioning. It seems to decrease offensive skill rather than defensive skill, which is that's interesting. Yeah, I, I read that too. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I, I don't know. I, 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 I would have thought it, it would be different, but different, right? It doesn't imply that you need less brain power to to defend than to actually be an offense. I would have thought defensive skill would have been more because you need more attention. What happened as I continued to read it was that offensive skill requires more uh, technical skill. And the technical skill requires more executive executive functioning. What happened is the right. technical skill is the speed in which you need to do offensive skill remains, but the accuracy declines as you get more mentally tired. Right. Okay. So so what do you do about that? Right. So for instance, in in hockey, it's enormously fast. These people are are skating on razor right. blades and these people are super fast. The passes start to get less accurate as you're going that quickly the passes mm-hmm. get less accurate they're more intercepted you get more odd man rushes as overtimes go longer and longer and longer and you saw this in the panthers game with the hurricane as the overtimes right. go longer you're going to get more odd man rushes but in that particular game they played very conservatively they didn't do very high risk passes they were very slow right very deliberate. And even the TNT crew noticed that in the first overtime, they said, because I did watch after the first overtime and that's when I kind of gave up. That, that's when you, the, you, became, you became mentally fatigued. I became mentally fatigued and I was done. But I, I listened to them and they said, they're very deliberate. They're very slow. We could be here for a while. And they noticed that because what happens right. is as you become mentally fatigued, you become less accurate. So it was a, it's a and, strategy. It's almost like in boxing, you let you let them go in offense, and you just you know keep your energy in the bank because you know somebody's gonna get tired. So that that was probably a very good tactic. It's it's the rope a dope, right? You just send right, on a rope. Right. You let them you let them hit you, and right? Let them you spend take the punches. Then, so let them expend the energy, and and then yeah. you just you crush them. You come out of it. And the longer you expend this fatigue, you identify things on on, on defense, your decision-making becomes impaired, you impair identification, the alertness becomes declined, and you are unable to become attentive to what you're you're staring at. So you identify players less or more poorly, I guess, is the the best way to describe it. So what is executive functioning then? You know, as doctors, as psychiatrists, we know what that is, but um, a lot of the lay people hear that term when it comes to dementia, for instance, because executive functioning is one of the things that declines in dementia. But what is yeah. it exactly? And uh, it's it's actually right. pretty complex. So let me read the definition from the APA. This is the APA Dictionary of Psychology, their official definition. This is uh, the American yeah, Psychological the Association is a dictionary of, of psychological terms. So this is their definition of it. Higher level cognitive processes of planning, decision making, problem solving, action sequencing, task assignment and organization, effortful and persistent goal pursuit, inhibition of competing impulses, flexibility in goal selection, and goal conflict resolution. 
These often involve the use of language, judgment, abstraction, and concept formation, and logic and reasoning. How about that, huh? All right. So look, yeah. that's very technical, right? Very technical. Yeah. When the way I knew it is like in dementia, I like to know the patient is about to plan, organize, manage what they're doing, pay attention. Attention is a big one. Talking about sports, pay attention, and a fancy word you can put everything together and package in one thing is process information. So all that is information. The way you process it, you know, is you, you might not have the mental, I want to say toughness, but fitness to get all that sensory input, what you see, what you hear, what you already have as basic information and how you process it to actually act on, on the decision-making. Yep. And I don't want to call this dumbing it down because it's not, but let me just put it in, in less technical terms. Okay. Right. This, this is from Harvard, uh, Harvard, uh, dot edu this is their definition are you, are you, of it and are you calling are you calling harvard dumb i didn't say that i didn't say <laughs> you that. said you're gonna you said you're gonna dumb it down and then you go straight you, to harvard and then i'm going i'm going to harvard yes i'm dumbing it down from harvard yes <laughs> hey look oh, it's boston right it's boston right, okay okay, okay. It's, we'll boston. Boston. it's harvard right. yard in boston I'm yeah dumbing it down yeah oh boy all right. Well, Boston's going to love us in South Florida, man. <laughs> so this is a definition from, from harvard.edu. Executive functioning refers to a set of skills. These skills underline the capacity to plan ahead and meet goals, display self-control, follow multiple step directions, even when interrupted, and stay focused despite distractions, among others. And that is a really, really good definition of executive functioning that is not very technical multiple step directions, even when interrupted, stay focused despite distractions. And if you think about it in the context of sports, right? Constantly interrupted, multiple step directions, hockey, basketball, for instance, you've got to find your teammates, you've got to pass, you've got to defend, where's everyone around you, right? So in sports, as the game goes along, as you get more fatigued physically, Mentally, you also get more fatigued. These kinds of things, these kinds of mistakes start to happen. I don't know if Boston, and we're talking about the Celtics now, you know, in late game situations, they collapsed the last two games against the Heat. Was that mental fatigue or were the Heat just better? They always mention, speaking of that, they always mention two guys in the playoff, Tatum, some Tatum and James Harden. There's a stat, like they have, I don't know if it's zero point, but they scored like very minimal points in fourth quarter, you know, two points, zero points. And it's been going on and on and on every single game. Tatum can be scoring, I don't know, 10 points a quarter. He goes to the fourth quarter and then he, he just loses it. Yeah. Yeah. He just loses it, you know? Tatum didn't hit a field goal in game two in the fourth quarter. He, all, his quarter points came, right. all his points came at the free throw line. And then I always, I always ask, is, is, Spolstra that good at defensive scheme that he's, he's turned the switch in the fourth quarter? It cannot just be that. He has to be, he cannot just be Spolstra's formula for the fourth quarter. No, you gotta be something more up to do about, you know, Jason Tatum himself. So I don't I, know. If, I, I have if, no if, idea. I'd, I I'd love to hear him say anything about it, but I listened to the post game. I didn't hear him say anything about fatigue or anything like that. Right. Before I get into, you know, biochemistry of it and there's just a brief thing on biochemistry i want to play a, a few clips from paul maurice sergey babrovsky on what they said about fatigue real quick so this is right. paul maurice on this is after the four overtime the four overtime game this is paul maurice right. on take it away paul 
and he's by the way if you haven't heard him post game he he's really funny he's amazing but he's amazing he's amazing so. <laughs> it's fun at some point you're wondering this is not a critique it's a question at, at some point you're wondering how long can these men push this hard for without it becoming dangerous i mean they're they get into this locked into this rhythm and and they they're at that point they're like thoroughbreds right but how long a racetrack can we keep for these guys i wonder if there's a cutoff that you would need at some this is not a league complaint they've never really got to but we're getting fairly close to that threshold where nothing good happens after that for these men how much longer can you push before it becomes dangerous and i don't know if he was talking about because the question wasn't specific but how i don't know if he was talking physically or mentally but i mean both well i suppose it's mostly Mentally, right? Like, I, th th there's a there's an expectation. I guess there's there's an unsaid rule in sport that you're supposed to be fit for the entire game. Like that's your job. You have one job. No, and by, by even among the jobs that you have, being fit, that's what the Pat Riley mantra, right? The best fit, the best fit is like the fittest, the most. I don't know whatever the, the mantra of the heat is. The, you need to be able to withstand 48 minute game. You need to be able to have enough in the tank to go to overtime. Because if you're not the other, the other team will take advantage of your fatigue, and that's how you lose the game. You know, um, if you look at the at the Panther series, the team that had more in the tank won the game after four after four overtime. So was it, or did they just did Kachuk just get a lucky shot? You know, I wanted to call him lucky. I wanted to call him lucky. <laughs> I mean, that um, shot was I don't know. There's a lot of mental, physical. You're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be there. You're supposed to have enough in the tank. Mental. I think that's when that's when the 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 best separate themselves from the from the from the masses, right? Because they the the Kobe of the world, you know, they have that that edge. The Kevin Garnett of the world that played Kevin Garnett was most of Kevin Garnett's play in his career was was most mostly mental. He'll play with you. That guy was a he would he would talk to himself on the on the bench just to freak out other players. So he was he was playing mind games all the time. So these guys they they have an edge if they if they if they're mentally fit, meaning they're not getting mentally fatigued again during the game, they have the edge, you know, because they all, they, they, everybody's on the same playing field physically. At least they should be. So if you have the edge and the mental side of things, you probably had a better, you know, right. advantage than the other players. Right. Well, what's your uh, and, and, what's your Bobovsky on uh, whether or not he felt fatigued? How did you feel coming back from the long game in game one? When you went out there, did you feel strong or did it take some time to work into it? No, I felt, I felt good actually. I felt I had the morning skate. I felt, I felt good. Everything felt I, and I had, we, we had a, we have a good group of uh, athletic trainers, you know, they uh, manage the recovery well and they, they got to some, we got good resources, you know, to ask good people to ask how to recover and they, they did a great job for, for us. So he's talking about the trainers and everything. By the way, those clips are from uh, the Florida Panthers um, and the NHL. And so he's talking about you know the trainers. He was he was doing okay. The first clip from Paul Maurice is after the four overtime. The second clip from Bob is after game two. So they were asking him what was it like coming back after game two. And uh, one more. And this is after the four overtime game. This is Bob talking about being out there after the four overtime game. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know if Bob was mentally fatigued or not. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> getting what makes him you have to be a little point. crazy, right, to be a goalie <laughs> in general. But oh, and, and that's what they say about him is that he's, you know, he's he's fine, but he's like a little weird.
and and if you ever watch these interviews he's 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 you know kachuk and and the other guys they kind of laugh in the interviews bob is a straight shooter man he doesn't smile or anything and he just answers the questions um so this is bob after the four overtime game bob obviously for you uh, like you played every minute out there just what's the challenge the longer the game goes on kind of keeping your focus and kind of maintaining because it seemed like every overtime you had to make three or four huge saves yeah it's uh you know it's it's, it kind of becomes the game of attrition you just uh trying to be patient and wait for the moment and uh, for the shot one shot at a time you don't think too much ahead you just stay with the moment and uh, trying to do your to to do the best to to give uh, to keep the puck out of the net yeah mostly that's a non-answer but uh if you if you heard of me basically just said it's a game of attrition you don't think too far ahead just one at a time uh keep the puck out of the net which is not a bad strategy when you're tired you don't really worry about too far ahead. You just kind of deal with what's in front of you, which is a good, a really good strategy. So what, what is the, what is the mechanism of this kind of stuff, you know, from a medical perspective? Well, they're theorizing that there's a decrease in dopamine in a place called the anterior cingulate cortex. Here we go being technical again. The anterior cingulate cortex is this little part of the mm-hmm. brain right behind the frontal lobe. and right in front of the corpus callosum now uh you can go google that on image you guys you guys guys can fast forward if you want to if you want (laughs) to do that but it's involved in decision making and learning and like cost benefit analysis and error monitoring so if you imagine if you're getting less signal to that area you're going to start making mistakes because you're you know cost benefit analysis and stuff like is this pass a good pass is this shot a good shot is going to be more prone to error in sports. And so that makes that makes a lot of sense, the theory behind that, that that's, that that's the place right. to go. So what do you do about all this? Like, what do you do? And then uh, uh, before you answer the question, I also add that a little bit, not quite the same thing, but they, they might have some overlapping is uh, people that, that have attention deficit disorders. There's a, you know, the interocellular cortex is also implicated in derangement um, of ADD, right? Because of the firing of the neural networks. Correct. Um, yes. You know, so a, a deficit, you know, of one of the of part of this network may cause a breakdown in modulation of cognitive control, you know, and, and allocation of your attention. And then also would, would, could, you know, play well into impulsivity, distractibility, and, and attention. So that, that's why people that have ADD or ADHD, they, they have difficulty focusing on things. And that could look a lot like me mentally fatigue, right? Just a That's right. quick correlation That's right. to, to the common people, right? That's right. So people with uh, mental fatigue and, and late game and sports can look a lot like people with ADHD. So uh, right. riddle in for everyone on the bench, right? <laughs> hey, they, I don't know who, who I don't know which player it has, but they, there's a waiver. You can have a waiver sign. There's sports psychiatrists out there. They do have a waiver sign if you're already really diagnosed with ADHD and you want to play sports. And you want to take a, a stimulant that is banned by the by the league? You can possibly have a waiver signed by your doctor saying that you really are playing at a deficit if you don't get medicated. So yes, it is. That's true. Yes, it is. Find Preach. find yourself a good psychiatrist. <laughs> that is true. Sports psychiatrist so what, I might add. Yeah. So other other than other than putting 
crushed ruin in, in your Gatorade. What what do you do about all of this stuff? Please well, do not. Please do not. Do not <laughs> listen to Dimitri, no, guys. Do not. No, we're, should I should I play the uh sports speculation? Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll, don't don't we'll put Ritalin in your don't put Ritalin yeah. in your Gatorade. This is do what we guys put will, in. <laughs> Do not put Ritalin in your Gatorade. Don't do that. Capital so what do you do about all this? Well, like, okay, so your decision making is impaired, your your accuracy is impaired because the speed if the speed of the game is is not decreasing, your accuracy is impaired. What do you do about all this stuff? Well, as a coach, what you probably want to do is you want to put your players in a position where they have more time to make decisions. So you want to try and get them into open space where they're in a place where they can have more time to make these things. And if you are on the opposite team, you want to reduce that time. So I would say in basketball, for instance, you want to trap. You want to play full court. You want to trap. You want to get the ball into closed spaces. You want to make them make quick decisions to get the ball out of people's hands. So if you look at sort of the heat, what they do is they start to bring players up towards the end of the game. Uh, One of the biggest things that annoys me in basketball is when on the inbounds, they sort of roll the ball and guys start walking up the court with the ball rolling. I would jump on that ball. Oh my I would dive. God, I would dive. I'm like, it's at it's 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 an arm limit, you know, arm limit. Like, why don't you just jump? It, it's not dive. just that. It allows them to get the ball at half court. Like, why are you not just, just go up and stand Pressure. next to them yeah. so they can pick up the ball. Like, it just annoys the hell out of me. So the heat at, towards the end of the game bring players up so that they can't do that. And it, right. it, decreases their decision making time it, it it increases the the clock it, it makes the clock move right typically what, what they would do they would pressure the point guard off ball so he does he doesn't get the ball so they'd that's rather right. the ball be in the hands of somebody that's not a playmaker they'd rather have it in the hands of a i don't know a shooting guard or a small forward or a power forward or center because if it's in a point guard hands he might be making the right decision so what they do They'll deny him the passes. They they play defense off ball, defense off ball. So those are things that you could look into sports to see what we can do to derail people's attention and, and quick decision making. In the Heat, what they've done is they've tried to take the ball out of Tatum's hands. Uh, the thing about the Celtics is they have three or four other guys that can make plays. They just haven't done it. And hockey yeah. is a little bit more difficult because the speed say, of the yeah. game doesn't change. But if you play back and you play a little bit more conservatively. You can try and make, you don't make these long two line passes that you would try and make maybe in the first, in the first period to try and spring guys for, to, to enter the zone and stuff like that. Look, I don't know hockey as well as I know other games, uh, football, for instance, but in football, I would say that towards the end of the game, you'd maybe want to blitz your quarterback a little bit more if you can get, if you can't get pressure with four guys to try and reduce the time that they have especially a, a less experienced quarterback. You may not want to do that to Tom Brady. Yeah. Famously, Dan Marino would crush blitzes uh, back you know, in the 90s. Really good mm-hmm. quarterbacks don't worry about those kinds of things because they already know where the ball is going before the snap. But inexperienced quarterbacks may have a problem with stuff like that. And, 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 and that's why you see they start running the ball. That's right. And they, they yeah, start running the run, ball. Run, run, good run, teams yeah. will run, we'll run, the, we'll run in, the fourth, in the fourth quarter. Because that's that's an easy way to to get through fatigue unless your running back is super fatigued, but that's why you have really good running games to kind of get through that. Anyway, that is our our mental fatigue 
and I, hopefully this didn't mentally fatigue you and then you guys turned it off. You And I was going to say that you guys, this is a lot of Jimbo talking, but you all experience mental fatigue when you're at work. When it's 4.30ish, 4, you know, 40-ish, 45-ish, nobody can read an email anymore, right? <laughs> you, you can even type a sentence and like, you can do it. You, it's time to go home. Your body knows it. That's right. Yeah. And if you're especially staying up for all of these games. And by the way, right. NBA, why are you starting at 8.30? Like, come so on. actually, it, 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 I get the West Coast the and stuff, round. but seriously. Right. The last one, they were starting at like 10.30. It was 30, I think it's fair for the West Coast. I mean, it's for us being in the East Coast. And you know what they're going to do in the finals is they start the games at 9.30 or 9 because of the West Coast. And I'm like, right. look, if, right. if I'm living in LA or in the West Coast, Portland or Seattle, and the game starts at four. Oh yes. Give me a four o'clock game. Cause then I can Happy start hour. watching it at work and I can slack <laughs> off at work and I won't have to be mentally fatigued. Like seriously right now, do you, do you want a game to start at six while you're eating dinner? Do people eat dinner at six or is that just me? Because I don't, I don't know. No, nobody. Either. It's ridiculous. No. Like I, you can't if stay. If you you can't, kids, nine o'clock. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how we will be doing it. Sports is, is I, I would love to see a study if, you know, um, performance at work declines during the playoff in the, in the NBA or the NHL or the Super Bowl, what happens on Monday after the Super Bowl. I'd love to see a study about work in America if there's a performance decline when there is, you know, late game or, or sports event finals because people are staying late. You know the drinking and the 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 hyping, the yelling, and they, they show to they show to work the following day. I I bet you they're not saying, they're not showing up hundred percent. Oh, I bet there was a decline in performance in South Florida on Thursday morning. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Last week there was no doubt. <laughs> yeah, there, there was, was no, no doubt. doubt. Last week, no, no. Absolutely. Th this this entire month, this there's no productivity in Broward and Dade County. But I, I would say the morale is very high. I go out and everybody's happy. Everybody's wearing a, 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 a jersey or a, a, a painter's gear. And I don't know if it's on social media, the teams I've been playing each other's um, tees, right? You'd see the painters walking on right. the, the tarmac and they're wearing heat That's gear. Right. And you, you see Jimmy wearing a Tatshawk um, uh, jersey, you know? So it, it's fun. The, the morale is really good right now in South Florida. At least, Mullins, would you please join us? Like, come on. Do something, Marlins. <laughs> Marlins are over five hundred, aren't they? Nah, I hope they stay like that. You know, but be part of the be part of the family, be part of the culture. The Marlins are over five hundred. They haven't been over five hundred in 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 years. Come on, Shocker. man! It's the Marlins. Well, keep it going, keep it going. Well, that that, that makes my point. The Marlins is so high that even the Marlins are playing better, right? The, the... <laughs> so I, I I give credit I give credit to the Heat and the Panthers. What we need is the Dolphins to pick it up. That's what we need. I, 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 I think they're doing that. I think they're doing that. I think, yeah, I think the, with, uh, with McDaniel and Tua, I, th I think the culture is changing. Yeah. We're going to have a better season this year. The, too, I think the so. Marlins are 24 and 22. They're four and a half back of Atlanta in second place in the in the AL East, in the the NL East. Come on. Let's go. South Florida, stand up. All right. Let's go.
day full of hiccups? Need a shake-up? Listen up. It's Dr. Bick and Dr. DeGrasse Mental Health Tip of the Day. Mental Health Tip of the Day time, of course. Do we have the heat sponsoring us? Yeah, it's sponsored yeah. by nobody. 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 The, nobody the not gonna, no, no. We should get no. it sponsored by the Heat and the Panthers, just like the for Panthers. like the playoffs. But right. um, I, I think they're a little busy right now, don't you think? Yeah, maybe we're yeah, busy winning. Maybe we can reach out to what what's this guy's um business? Big Face, Jimmy's Jimmy's Coffee business. I don't know. Just an idea. Jimmy has a coffee business. Where have you been? He has a brand. It's called Big Face. He started doing coffee. Now he's doing like his his whatever he's wearing. He has a brand now. It's Big Face. It's not okay. even uh, oh. it's the bubble. Okay. Well, I have. Well, we're gonna have to follow him on Twitter. We're gonna have to follow yeah. his Big Face Coffee on yeah. Twitter. All right. Yeah. I'm trying. Gonna, I'm gonna try to dial it up to three advice that you're not in my office. Pretend that you not you not see me as a psychiatrist right now because I, I do tell a lot of people that in my office because we do have people come to our office with what we call recurring intrusive thoughts. Right. Those are things that they think about that bring about stress and distress, but they don't want to do it. I, you know, put X, Y, and Z in that box. Those are things that come to your head and you don't feel like it's yours. And we call that dystonic thoughts. And if it's recurring, it's intrusive, it's recurring thoughts. So some people have it because they feel like they, they will hurt someone or they will do something to somebody or they, they will touch somebody's behind when they're walking in the street or whatever, but they will never do it. And the fact that they have the idea, it, 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 it causes anxiety. So what I tell people sometimes is to acknowledge the thought. Before you fight the thoughts, before you let the, 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 the thoughts bring on a fight to you, just acknowledge it. Not accept it, but acknowledge it as, as what it is, a thought. It's not an action, it's not valid until you do it. So you, you take the thoughts, you you literally analyze it, and you put it on a shelf. Figuratively speaking, of course. You say, oh, it's just a thought. I'm gonna put it on a shelf, I'm gonna walk away. So once you have that, mind, that mindset, you already understand that the thought is just something that happens to pass through your mind. It doesn't mean that that's who you are. So once you're able to see it that way, you might be able to go about your day not feeling distraught or overly worried about you acting on the thought, right? So it takes a little bit of practicing, of course. It's a little bit of, of um, putting yourself into doing that. And, and I, it does work. I, be, I believe people have told me that once they just see it, that's what it is, a thought, and put them away, or quote unquote, put them on the shelf, they're able to forget about it, so to speak. So, yeah. And it's very common. I'm, I'm saying it here on the show because it's very, very common. And the reason you don't know about it, you listening to me right now, you don't, the reason you hear it from your family, your friends, is because their intrusive, dystonic thoughts are usually very shame, shameful, right? Or shame provoking or just uncomfortable. They won't share with anybody else. You know, so that's why you don't really hear about it, but it's very common. And that's it. All right, everyone. Thank you again. Like, follow, subscribe, give us feedback. Yeah, share, and, you know, tag us. And, you know, if you, have, if you have a comment or a, a critique, we can take it. You know, we can take a, a portion of the chin. You can tag us and with your critique and tag us on, on the IG with a with a rebuttal to Jamaran or, you know, come at me with my rant. Oh, we're going to have more rant, my rant. And, and his jaw rants. That's right. Yeah. And we will see yeah. you. We'll talk to you again. And Get if you have an idea for a topic, let us know too. Get some sleep software that you need it. The previous podcast represented the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graaf and the guests. It should not have been taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.